1: Welcome to the one, the only hog talk podcast, part of the believe and the buzz radio networks. And you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as the buzz 2 one Oh six point seven in central Arkansas. Please like rate and review. And we're always coming to you live from the Hyman services studios. I'm your host, Porter Hayes, and always alongside me is Jacob Davis, and we are brought to you by BetOnline, and the National Championship game is here, and you're looking to wager on the National Championship? Head on over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome-on bonus for your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V to get started. And Bet Online remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props, new contests throughout the year. And it's the best source for your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So join today and learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Jacob, we wasn't going to go live this time. I mean, we had a special guest on last week that was crystal balling what kind of prompted us for this live show. So, Razorback fans, we're back for another live episode inside the live Hyman Services Studios. And Jacob, I don't know what else you can say about the, the what Eric Musselman has done in the recruiting. And and a big crystal ball that was coming through. Give big shout out to our guy, Ramon, who was on last week, who who said he was 80, 85% comfortable that Arkansas was going to get Anthony Black. And he even shared a tweet that he had put last year, that he had crystal balled Anthony Black to Arkansas. And there was a lot of backlash saying he was going to Gonzaga. He was no way he was going to Arkansas. Then it was Oklahoma State. And we have a lot of fans here in Arkansas was even saying that, you know, he was going to go to Gonzaga. And it really, the chirping really started this morning that, you know, a lot of action was happening. And, Jacob, man, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Arkansas landing the third five-star, third McDonald's All-American all in the same class?
0: Man, I, I'm kind of speechless still. I'm I'm kind of on cloud nine like some of the people that have messaged me tonight. It's a wild thing to think. Arkansas in year three under Eric Musselman, just being his third full recruiting cycle, has been able to land three McDonald's All-Americans. I mean – it's incredible at this point that okay we're finally seeing okay an elite eight appearance another elite eight appearance and it's showing Arkansas back and people are taking this thing seriously Porter uh, I, you've got you've got a six seven point guard you've got the number probably top five player in the country and Nick Smith and you also have Jordan Walsh who's just an athletic crazy athletic. Uh, pound the pound the glass, dunk it all kind of guy, and then and, and then you have your top 100 players too that that are coming as well as in-state guys with Darian Ford and, and Joseph Pinion, and uh, you you forget about Gatorade Player of the Year in Alabama, Barry Dunning Jr. This Razorback class, all seven of them, man, things are about to look really uh really really great uh coming uh, as, as we look forward into uh, 2022 and and if you think about it what's must going to do in the transfer portal too because he's probably going to get two or three guys out of there
1: yeah and you look at what they got coming in and, and everybody's been saying you know that that a big you could even use another good three-point shooter i mean everybody it's almost like with the women's you know having somebody come in and get you boards and get you a three-point shooter and i'd said earlier you know i, I was thinking about it today it's like You know, you see – everybody looks at that win over Gonzaga and you think that, you know, that might have put him over the edge, and it might. I'm not inside his head, so I don't know exactly what made him ultimately choose Arkansas over Gonzaga. But to me, I just had a, a thought that maybe it wasn't so much the win over Gonzaga as much it was the loss against Duke that he could see himself being that missing piece that could get Arkansas that national championship, along with playing with six other guys that are highly touted. And I, I I don't know when we've ever seen a recruiting class this big. The hype, we thought the last year's hype with Jalen and everybody coming in from the class they had was big. You know, the hype coming in after coming off an Elite Eight appearance, the hype coming into this season, you, you didn't think that it could get any bigger than what it is. And you knew – with Nick Smith coming in, Darian Ford coming in, Joseph Pinion, Jordan Walsh, and then it kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's it's almost like as bad as it is. And we'll get into the game here in a little bit, but it's almost like we've already forgot about the Duke loss. <laughs> I mean, in yeah. reality, it's 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 crazy that you know you see the tweet of Eric Musselman with the the cheeseburgers on the desk saying "Let's eat." It's it's just. What a time to be a Razorback fan, and we've been saying this for a couple of years. This is what, I'm not saying I predicted, but this is what I seen when I envisioned two years ago what the university and the programs could be like. This is exactly what's going on, what I envisioned two, three years
0: ago. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at it now, you could see the foundation being laid by Muslim. And you you think about the the quality of basketball that was played his first year with Mason Jones. He was a game plan reporter. We, we took that for granted. The guy had it figured out with a six man rotation with Mason Jones, Isaiah Joe, Adriel Bailey, Gentile Silla, man, Reggie Chaney. And there was like one other guy, Desi Sills. Those were the six guys. And you could see that you could see that he was game planning around what, uh, what he had. And then last year, you know, he he game planned around what he had. And then in the middle of the season, this year, when Arkansas was 0-3 in in conference play, a loss to Hofstra and a mediocre Oklahoma team, and and he turns around and against Missouri goes and wins by 40, and they didn't even have to score in the second half, and they would have beat that team by one point. I mean, the turnaround and, and the game planning, the guy knows basketball more than I will ever forget. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no. I, however, I that say, but the thing is, like, he knows more basketball. He's forgotten more than, than any, we'll any, ever any, know. Yeah, for it, yeah, is the yeah. saying. But like, he's he's an incredible coach, and now the guy. Everybody said, "Oh, he's just a transfer portal guy. He can't recruit high school kids." Two out of the three classes, in, in uh, were top four, top five classes, and they were built on high school talent. Yeah. Tell me that guy can't recruit. uh, He can't Doubt him. Doubt him. You can't.
1: Yeah, it's crazy what he's done. And it's almost like he's – we've talked about it when it was coming to the Gonzaga game and that – the Michael Jordan grudge-like. It's like – he's like, okay, I'll show you. And I love that. I love that. And and I don't always bring my team into it, but it's almost like what Dabo did with Clemson. You know, it was everybody against Clemson – and he come in and nobody believed in him. He was a, he was an assistant. When he got hired, everybody was laughing at him. He got a D grade. And in seven years, he built this program in Clemson. And, yes, he did it, you know, with the likes of a lot of good talent, Sammy Watkins and, you know, Taj Boyd, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. And, you know, of course, with your, your coordinators, like what's going on with Arkansas football. But it's just that chip on your shoulder. But the hardest thing is to do is once you've got that chip on your shoulder, and you produce. Now it's time to where this is going to be a new level. You you've gotten to that point to like say like like I said in Clemson's aspect, they won two national championships. You can't play the underdog role anymore. You, you can't play right. that underdog, woe is me, little old Clemson anymore because you won two national championships. That's going to be the point to where we're going to see Arkansas getting now. You went back to back elite eights. And, and against a team – got beat against a team that was just destined to go to the Final Four. Again, we'll get into that here in a little bit of thoughts about that game. But, you know, you cannot hang your hat. It's like Arkansas baseball and and all the college World Series trips and how hard it is to prepare and win. Survive in advance is really – St. Peter's going to the lead Eight. You know, it, people don't realize. You think that you're – say, like you're playing Tennessee – at Tennessee on a Saturday. And then you got to turn around and go to Auburn on Monday and play. That's exactly what it's like to play in this tournament setting. And you've seen how Eric Musselman did against Gonzaga, having a week to prepare for him, opposed to having a short turnaround a day to really, you know, prepare for Duke. And it showed in the defensive, you know, and also the talent of Duke really showed when it came to that game.
0: Yeah, and the thing is about that whole game is you could see what Arkansas needed. If they had one more shooter or one more big man to go in there and and, and take over for Jalen Williams, who, mind, mind me, he had a terrific performance in the NCAA tournament and is a definite pro, a pro prospect. Like If they had one more shooter – uh, another guy, when when JD's gone cold, somebody to make a shot or or somebody to back up Jalen. They got to find somebody in the portal, and I think they will. Uh, I've reached out to a couple of guys, and uh, one of them uh, I talked to yesterday. He said, "Yeah, Arkansas is high on my list, and I'm very interested in visiting them, and I hope it is soon." And that was that's what he told me uh, yesterday afternoon. And I won't I won't say his name because he asked me to let it stay anonymous. But I will say Arkansas. You should ex- expect a top five uh, transfer on the market, a guy that averages uh, eighteen and sixteen a game uh, to come uh, come visit Arkansas, and and he's got a lot of scholarship offers too. So I mean, it's getting exciting. Uh, there there's probably going to be some roster turnover, Porter. But there's a lot of exciting things and uh, things to look forward to this offseason. I don't think this roller coaster is done yet.
1: Yeah, and, and I mentioned that. when You're talking about Jalen. I think that was the biggest key. You get him in foul trouble. You've got nobody else that big down low. And Duke just imposed their will on on the low post. And you really right. needed him to, to stay in the game. And I'm not saying that the shooter isn't important, which you need to get another You know, you need a good three-point shooter. But – having just the way that they were able to go over the back, not over the back foul-wise, but over the back and really just get the rebounds and those second-chance points. those, And also, it's like they were really like disciplined on how they were timing their jumps to grab the rebound. And it's like their hands were already almost touching the ball before we could get a chance to come up and get the board. And that just really, one, it's a drive killer when you go on these runs and you just can't seem to you know, you might pull it in with six, eight points or ten points, and then they get a board, quick turnaround, and then get a 3 point. And then all of a sudden it's a goes from a nine-point game to a 15-point game right back to where it was, and that just deflates you as a team. So I would say, I mean, just the biggest, way too early biggest need for next year because who, who can, other than a, a rebounding threat, looking at this roster, you know, there's nothing you can really say when it comes to weakness, other than the inexperience in an SEC Division One college program with all these recruits coming in. That, that that's the only thing you can really say about what you're lacking next year. But we've seen how Eric Musselman's been. Eric Musselman's been able to gel these recruits in with this transfer portal and fans. Let's let us let us I, I, I want to just caution you right now. You look at the 0 three start they had to start league play. When you're transitioning 17-year-old kids with 22, 23-year-old seniors, it's a, it's very hard. You're, you're trying to mix two different kind of age groups. You're, you're, it's basically like you're taking 7th graders or ninth graders and pairing them up with high schoolers and then trying to run an offense with their or defense. You know, So if they do go off to a slow start trying to get this team to jail, they drop a – I mean, you know, the Hofstra, Hofstra loss was a bad loss. We can just say that right there for all those – that it's easy to come back now and look at the late eight run and be like, well, after that Hofstra loss, you know, yeah, of course we all were. That's a, that's a bad loss. No matter it, it, what kind of SEC team, you're not supposed to lose that game, but let's just be cautioned if they do get off to a slow start next year and, and know that you've got to trust in your coach because every time we have doubted him, like you said, a while ago, he's proven everybody wrong.
0: Oh yeah. And and going back to the uh, talking about crashing the boards with Duke, that Paulus uh, Branchero guy, yeah. that dude's special. Like yes. that is a guy. He's a junior. He's a big, full grown man. A dog. And then you had, and then you had Mark Williams, the guy that's seven foot one. And and uh, when he went up uh, in the air, caught the rebound with one hand while he's still in the air, puts it back. I said. Ooh, boy, it's gonna be a long night. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you you could just tell. No you could
1: tell yeah. the difference in athleticism between the Gonzaga guy, big guys, and Duke bigs. I mean, you could, you, and you can even see it in the guard play. But then again, that just shows you the freshness that Arkansas was coming on a three-four day rest, getting prepared for Gonzaga, opposed to all right, you beat Gonzaga, and that's great. Now you got to turn around and do it against Duke. And then if you was lucky enough to get past Duke, all right, now do it again against North Carolina. I mean, this has got to be – I mean, when it comes to the tournament, this has got to be one of the most exciting tournaments that I've seen in a long time. You know, you got your Cinderella run with St. Pete's, but it's almost like you look at other than – was it George Mason or George Washington? Was it George Mason? Mason. It was George Mason. You know, other than them, it's almost like the Cinderella slippers are not allowed in the Final Four. It's crazy. It's like you get your Cinderella Cinderella run, and it's like, okay, Cinderella – You've had enough. Let the big boys play. But it gives you enough excitement that it just busts your brackets all up and everybody's up in arms. And I do want to give a, a special shout-out. I didn't tell him I was going to do this, but we, we got a guy. He's a big fan of the podcast. Oh, B in Clarksville. His bracket's fourth in the nation right now. He is leading ESPN Arkansas's bracket challenge right now. But he is fourth in the nation. with That's I can't wild. remember how many points he had but i i was just looking at how i was doing on my brackets and just see how horrible i was doing but yeah he's got 192 points total and like i said fourth fourth in the nation when it comes to the espn brackets so big shout out for shout out to our, our boy be he he's a he's been one of our followers for a long time
0: yeah i've seen him on there so uh the funny thing is You know about the bracket. I'm not saying B doesn't know his stuff because he he's. Oh, it's all luck. We we can understand that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but we were talking about it at work the other day. We have a bracket challenge at work, and uh, my buddy Ryan Harris. He says, "You know, the more you know about sports, the worse you do uh, at picking a bracket because you think you know everything, and you and you think you know uh, what you've seen on on the basketball court this year." And you're all entirely wrong because I didn't – I mean, I, honestly, I thought North Carolina would get knocked out in the uh, second round against Baylor. I did not see them making it. I mean, they have looked strong, and Hubert Davis has done a really good job uh, of getting that – getting his team to, to uh, respond. And, look, I, I like Coach K. I respect the heck out of him. Tad Gumman, I wish Arkansas would have won that ball game on Saturday night. They were just, they were that close. And like I said, if they had somebody that was big that could have gone in for Jalen and just given us five minutes of good basketball there at the end of the half, Arkansas probably doesn't go down 12 at the half because that was really at that point, that was going to be the uphill battle there for Arkansas. Is whenever they hit that three, you could just feel the air of all the Arkansas fans come out.
1: Yeah. And I will say that. You know, and we're not too critical on refs here. We 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 say our piece, but man, that was a huge, huge turning point in the game. There was a big no call on that. I, I want to believe that was the where JD went in for that drive, got hit in the face, didn't yeah. get the call, and then I mean, I think it was a. I think that was the nine or ten point lead that I was talking mm-hmm. about. They they could have hit a shot or got a free throw, get it within double digits, 10, 9 point lead, and then they go and hit that three to push it back to a 14, 15-point lead. I don't exactly remember the score at the time, but I remember being very frustrated that it, it was – and a lot of people can sit there and say, well, they called just as many fouls as they did on on, on Duke. They did at Arkansas. man, I mean, that, okay, that's cool. But there's also a thing called quality over quantity. When did they call these fouls opposed to when are they mm-hmm. – I mean, it seemed like – Arkansas could kind of never really get that rhythm if they barely touch the guy that's called. Well, that makes you play a standoffish defense. They were really kind of not letting Arkansas play their defense. And I right. know there's the conspiracy theorist out there that, that's saying, you know, they were, were going to do everything they could to get Duke to that Final Four to play North Carolina. And my, whatever, you know, if that, if that's a theory it is. But I'm telling you, now let me take – the Arkansas hat off for a second, and I'm going to put a college basketball hat on. You, you, you know, Coach K's like Saban. No matter if you love him, hate him, hate how he's won, hate whatever you've got to say, you have to respect what he's done for the game of basketball. You've got to respect what he's done at Duke University. And you've got to respect that people, you know, I'm 39, I'll be 40 in May. And we're, I'm losing all these legends. You were talking about, like, you know, would get to the point where you feel old in life. You know, these people you watched when you were a kid, the, these coaches and players that are getting older and the coaches that are now retiring, Coach K, you know, Dean Smith, all these guys that are moving on, and you're like, man, I, you, you really appreciate, and you're going to, you know, and I know it's not going to be the same between the Duke-North Carolina matchup next year with with Shire, and, and I think that's who's – who's taken over yeah, for Duke, so Shire, Shire yeah. and Davis. But it, it's just – it's not going to be the same as Coach K not being there. And you're going to lose a lot of that lackluster of that rivalry. So, it's almost like, yes, I wanted Arkansas to win so bad, but now that the dust settles and you see that we get to see something that's not been done before in the rivalry. They've never played in the Final Four. I don't even think they played in the tournament No, never. So we're getting this last treat, and I know a lot of people are tired of it, but I'm just telling you, it's like for those who truly appreciate the game of college basketball and the college sports and and what that tobacco road rivalry meant, eight miles separates the schools, and you get to watch this one more time, it's almost like poetic. And and I know that it's not really what Razorback fans want to hear because – you know, of course, Duke's the one that took out Arkansas, but it's like you, you put that aside, you, you put your fandom aside for a second, and you just got to sit back and appreciate what's going to happen in this Final Four.
0: Yeah. Uh, real quick, I got some uh, comments here, and like I said, if you uh, if you want to get in and engage with us, we'll, uh, we'll definitely, uh, definitely. get your comments and questions here and answer them for you. Uh, Brian Hatch says, scared to death to have so many freshmen, honestly, in SEC play. I think I think that yeah, it's a good sentiment. I think we covered that early. Is you know, it's it's gonna be r- maybe rough early on until these guys get acclimated to the college game. But my take is with that, is these aren't just freshmen. These guys aren't like just your four-star borderline, four-star, three-star freshmen. These are guys that are McDonald's all Americans that are projected to go in the first round of the NBA draft the next season. These guys are three projected one and duns. And so I'm not really scared of that. Once they get acclimated, it's like Musselman says; these guys will have the experience once they go two or three games in the SEC. Inexperience doesn't matter once you uh, once you go through the SEC play, like you said, Porter, because you play that you play that Saturday Tuesday game throughout conference play, and it will prepare you for the SEC or for the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, and these kids are built a, a little bit differently when it comes to to how much they progress and how much you know they get into a system. But they're used to playing, you know where the where these kids are coming from now. These you know like Jordan Walsh at Link Prep and and Duncanville. You, every, Duncanville is one of the best Number premier two programs in the. Country, the I think. But overall, like they're dude, they got a track squad. Their four by four, one hundred team all runs. I think a 10 ten two, one hundred. I mean, I mean it's insane. I have to look it up. Um, JJ Metters posted that a while back, and it was like. They didn't even have their other 105 guy and their 4 by 100 relay team broke like state records. It's insane how fast and that's just track. Their football team's good, their basketball team's good. I mean, I don't I don't know how their women's basketball or the girls basketball is, but back when I was at Ozark, I mean Duncanville was that premier school in Texas, just like Overland Park, Kansas, but it's crazy to see where these Nick Smith, you know what they're doing at North Little Rock. You know, and if we could have got Kale Ware, if we could have jumped on that and got him, you talking about a big, if he, we could have yeah. somehow flipped him from Oregon to come to to Arkansas, man, that would have been icing on the cake. But you just got to realize now you're comfortable because if that had been four years ago and you lost all those people and Kale ended up going, you know, it, it'll left a bad taste in your mouth. But now you understand and you can respect and appreciate, hey, we're not going to get everybody to come to Arkansas. It, it's just, and if it happens, it's awesome. That's a bonus, but you can't expect every single person to want to follow three or four dudes to come to arkansas maybe they want to go somewhere else and and be the guy and that's rightfully so because we have a thing now called the transfer portal if a kid commits to arkansas just because he uh, he sees three four people commit and his heart's not in it you're playing in the best conference in the nation in basketball arguably and you're playing Division One. if it don't pan out, then you're going to transfer out anyway. So, I mean, it, it's almost like, hey, look, you go somewhere where your heart's at, follow your heart. Then if it don't work out at Oregon, you you know Arkansas is more than welcome to to recruit him back in, in the next year. So if he chooses to do so. So it's not as bad as it used to be that you you know you've lost a guy for four years. You might have only lost him for one year.
0: You're right. Uh, Steven Neblick says, I can't wait to see what next year holds. I can't either. And then my buddy Will Reed, uh, Eldo, Powtown. Man, what's up, dude? Depending on transfers and who comes back, we just might have the pieces to get past the Elite Eight barrier and get to the Final Four. Like I said earlier, Will, we were that close, dude. We were that close. So, a couple of rebounds, a couple of uh, made shots. Arkansas had the pieces uh, in-, in store to-, to get to this Elite Eight run, man. And, and I guarantee you – that Arkansas, they they won't go down without a fight again for another Final Four appearance. Well, I'll tell you this. I guarantee you,
1: as hard as Eric Musselman's recruiting, you know, Anthony Black and, and Nick Smith, Jr., Jordan Walsh, you know he is recruiting Jalen Williams even harder because this past two years, Baylor and Duke, you've been bodied, you've been outplayed, outmanned, and he is going to be an integral piece if, if they lose Jalen Williams and if he decides to go to the draft, that's going to be a big hit to this team. Because now, instead of yeah. relying on one transfer, now you've got to try to rely on two transfers to come in and and, and, and be your solid guy on defense. And I, I don't know who else is, could be leaving going, but, man, I'm just telling you, I'm very, very excited Especially if Jalen decides to stay, which I think he, him being a hometown kid, in-state kid, and being able to play on the same court as these other in-state kids, I think that's going to be one of the driving forces that get him to stay, along with you know whatever NIL deals he's got. But that is going to be one of the biggest keys for this team to really, if you want to talk about getting over that elite a, elite eight hump and get to a Final Four. It it starts with you're in there recruiting Jalen Williams just as hard as these high school kids.
0: Yeah, and I don't I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but Eric Musselman his recruiting has been at a different level this whole time. He's never had a player I think less than uh, 115th overall in the country, and I think that might it was either Jalen uh, or Debo, but no player was has been ranked. Under one ten or one twenty, something around there, that is exceptional recruiting. Because yeah, you look back at the Mike Anderson days, and he he had a really good uh, up upper, or had uh, you know uh, a heavy loaded front end of the of the of the recruiting class. But his then he would take like guys like Gabe Osaboy in, or or guys that were probably walk on quality players. Now, these guys, he's stacking these guys that, you know, are all top 100 dudes. You're, you're building a Duke-Kentucky type of
1: roster it's, is what you're doing. Yeah. You're building a, a roster yeah. that you look at this incoming recruiting class and you've got three. And then, say, next year you've got two. So, you bring in one or two more five stars. or maybe, I mean, you're starting to build this depth. And that was another thing you're, you're talking about. I mean, it goes along with having somebody to help out Jalen Williams' is depth. And knowing that you can put in a, a second string, your second five in there, even if you mix it in with starters in the, in a second rotation, that is just as good as your your starting five. If you got two rotations where you can come in and sustain those mm-hmm. leads, that's what's going to get you to the final four. That's what's going to get you a national championship is having that depth, give your starters a rest, where you can bring in these guys for three, four, five minutes. Or if somebody's having a bad night and they're getting fouled over, or they're having a bad shooting night, you can bring somebody off the bench that can facilitate and be just as good as that starter. and That's going to be huge for Arkansas next year and and to see just how good this team's going to be come conference play.
0: Yeah, and you look at it, and there There could be times where Arkansas has a a five on the floor that are all from Arkansas, too. You're going to have Devo. You're going to have Jalen. You're going to have – Nick Smith, Joseph Pinion, Darian Ford. I mean, uh, did I say Devo? Yes. There, uh, yeah. There there could be. There's six or seven guys that could possibly be from Arkansas on this roster and they could possibly start on this team next year. I mean, at, at, at different points. Uh, you could have a, 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 a five on the floor from Arkansas during the middle of the game. I mean, they're giving you key minutes. That's what's incredible to me is the the – amount of talent that has become in the state of arkansas arkansas used to produce maybe one or two guys a year that were top 100 arkansas is now getting three or four top 100 guys a year and you look into next year i think there was laden blocker and and several other kids that are in the 2023 class and then uh and then there's top 10 guys all across america that are looking at arkansas now because of the success of eric Mussman and because of The guys that are coming in, like Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, and and uh, Anthony Black, who committed this uh, this evening, exactly. And you don't think that you know you
1: got three guys on the on the team. You know they're up there at the McDonald's All American game right now. You know doing the dunk fest and and all that. And you don't think they're talking. They're wearing their Razorback gear. They're sitting there on social media. You don't think that people are looking. And what did Ramon say last week? And dude, that stuck with me. What he said. Stuck with me, and I've put it out there a couple of times, posted it, and commented on other people's yeah. posts. Every – I mean, how sweet does this sound? Every recruit in the nation has their eyes on Arkansas. And, it, you know, that was a direct quote from him. He's the one that, you know, like I said, had had kind of predicted this to go down. But I'm telling you what, man, that, that, guy, that gave me chills to see that, all right, everybody, it, it, whether they know they're not coming to Arkansas or not, they're at least – coming to a visit because I'm telling you what, I don't know of another atmosphere that's better than Bud Walton Arena. I'll put it up against anyone. And that's not that's not a homer bias. That's nothing to, to say just because we're an Arkansas podcast. I do not think there is another atmosphere when it's at its top notch. Students are bringing their A game, lining up outside, heckling the home team as they come into the tunnel. I don't think there is a – an atmosphere in any sport that Arkansas has that doesn't rival another sport. That's just what has happened to the baseball, the football and the basketball programs at the university of Arkansas.
0: And it's all because of Hunter. You're a check, baby. Yes, sir. That guy, one razor back. that guy has, he's, he's a bad man. I don't, I mean, I, I look back at 2019 and when things weren't going good and, I mean, Mike Anderson, I thought that was about as good as we were going to get the rest of our lives, man. And I thought Mike Anderson, as far as Mike Anderson will be able to take, is his three tournament appearances and maybe one every other year. I thought that was it, man. And and he fired Mike Anderson, and I'm thinking, this dude's nuts. <laughs> like, we haven't, we haven't sniffed this much success regular season or postseason in 25 years. And then he goes out and hires Eric Musselman, which I watched his Nevada squads. But there's a uh, there's a difference playing Mountain West ball than there is SEC ball, and then to look back at the picture of him basically falling asleep during the press conference of Chad Morris's uh, loss to Kentucky, I don't put that on, on Arkansas kids, <laughs> I put that on, on on Chad Morris. This guy's for real, man. And I know we harp on him every single podcast and show that Hunter Yurchek is the man, but dude, he's freaking killing it. He's made he's helped Arkansas become relevant. In, in every single sport. Yeah. That's and, what's awesome.
1: And I think, you know, along I, I think it's, a, you know, it's a 50 50 deal, but yet it's 100 100. You know, it's half him, half the staff. You know, you got all the coaches that have bought into this. Every single coach on every single program has bought into what he wants to do and everybody be as one, like this one Razorback. And I really honestly think Jeff Long started it. And, and, and Hunter Urichek's carried it on, but he's done a dang good job of it. But all the coaches buying in, and they see what he's doing to every single program in Fayetteville, we're all respected the same. Sam Pittman threw out the first pitch tonight for the, the women's softball team, and then Jordan mm-hmm. Weaver threw out the pitch yesterday. I mean, it's they're so connected, and it's like one big family up there. It, it, it's, it's special – to see because you don't see that in any, I don't know if you, there might be a few that, you know, that because we don't really pay attention to the staffs at the other colleges and stuff, but I don't know of another one that really you can says, say that they really respect each other and and appreciate and cheer each other on like what you have at Arkansas.
0: No, there there's nothing. You look around the country, I mean, Alabama, they've got, they they had basketball going there for a little bit. They were a football and basketball school. I mean, you got uh, Bruce Pearl who says Auburn's and everything school. I don't see them ranked in the top ten in more than two sports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and and then you've got Kentucky. Kentucky's a probably a probably number two behind Arkansas and the SEC as a total athletic program because yeah. they've got football going, they've got basketball going, and they've got a they've got an okay uh, baseball team. Uh, but you look at you look at Arkansas's gymnastics program. You look at softball. The the spring sports are I can, I think they're going to win some more SEC titles this this spring. I think they won ten last season. Yeah, I think, I think it was it's nine or ten nine or 10, ten they won last year. Yep, and yeah. then and then so, they had
1: nine or ten coaches of the year. I mean, it, it's yeah. crazy how many coaches of the year you had last year. It, it was last year was a very good year you know, accolade-wise, and you're the first. And it's like now we're starting to really see that, okay, this is the expectations. This is what – it's almost like Razorback fans can kind of breathe now. Like like you said, when they fired Mike Anderson, you're like, what the crap? He, he, he's he got us to these NCAA tournaments. But that's where you settle for the medi- mediocrity because you've seen where it was before that. You were there when they were in the cellar and the laughing stock and the North Texases and the, the you know – San Diego or uh, San Jose State, San Jose. And all the losses, oh, all those, the Citadels. You know, you've, you've lived through all these bad losses and had to sit through 20,000 people in the stands that you couldn't even fill up half of War Memorial Stadium because that's just how bad the program is. And to see where it is now, and I'm not saying you're going to start winning national championships in every sport or you're going to win 11 wins in football and and win 25, 27 games in basketball 50 wins in baseball and, and the women's teams win You're not going to do it every year, but I'm just saying, it, it, I think it's time to where you can kind of start build, bringing that wall down and really start to appreciate what's going on because I think that's been the biggest drawback when it comes to, you know, the fans of Arkansas is like, yes, they want to be very happy, but it's very short-lived. Like they want to be happy, but yet they're scared. Very guarded on really just letting it all – come to and where you're like okay i'm comfortable i can really say and and really cheer for my team and knowing it's a year-round thing you're not going to be disappointed come you know the football team's going to go four and six or then you're looking on on the basketball season and then they don't even make it to the ncaa tournament i think those days are over with
0: yeah there's there's no reason to think that arkansas is going to go anywhere right now that's just that's just my thoughts I think that uh, I think for the next couple of years in basketball-wise, football-wise, and baseball-wise, you're, you're not going to see a drop-off. The, the thing goes, the saying is your college athletics program start and finish with recruiting, and you've seen it. And, and you saw how the things happened under Brett, and you saw how things happened uh, under Bobby. And, 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 you know, the best recruiting class Bobby Havis is his first class. And things started to tally off a little bit, and then Brett Bielema, he he had that one good class his first year. That within three years, I mean, he things were you got to your pinnacle of success there with eight and five, and then you you went downhill again because basically your talent wasn't there. And now you look at the basketball program and. And you had six guys that could contribute Eric Milsima's first year, and he recruited, and he recruited, and re recruited. Sam Pittman has recruited hard. I mean, he's getting guys on campus that we have never, ever had camp- on campus before. And then you have Dave Van Horn, who's just become a power in himself. Like, all he has to say is, well, all he's, he's got artist, to do I'll is open up the pros. door. All he's gotta do yeah. is open up the door.
1: <laughs> he's you, at that point. You just kind of,
0: you you it's like I was listening to Cato, Caden Wallace on uh, the bus this afternoon uh, with Kevin Bohannon. He said it's everything's incredible. You, you look at the weight room, it's incredible. You you look at the New Walton Center, it's just incredible. The the everything on campus is incredible and and there's nothing like it in the rest of the country. And that's what makes Arkansas Arkansas great. And I think, Porter, I think you got a couple of words from our sponsors, and we're going to head to another break, man.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, we picked up another sponsor through Believe. It's called Athletic Greens. And, Jacob, I'm telling tell you what, you know, I, I'm a vitamin taker, and I, they sent me some stuff to really try out. And at first, you know, you got to get a tape because it's 75 high-quality vitamins in one scoop, and you mix it up in some water. And I take it every morning right before I go to work. And at first it was – you know, it tastes like crap, to be honest with you, but you get used to it. It's like you're not used to drinking the vitamins, but once you get used to it, it's like the taste changes, everything goes back, and it actually is something I look forward to, and then truly, honestly, not as a plug, this is off script. I really love it. My wife takes it. We drink it every morning before we go to work, and I'm it, it's been a huge change for us. I don't get too that tired at the end of the day. And, I mean, it's just got so much that helps you with your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, I mean, energy recovery, focus. I mean, it even helps with your aging. So, I mean, if you want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with this convenient daily nutrition, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and a five free travel packs, which I have. I love them. You just open up the package, pour and in your little shaker cup, and off you go. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athletic.com slash believe. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. And if you also, I posted beforehand this nice lady Razorback shirt from back in 98. It's brought to you by 919. They do a lot of retro college gear, and I'm telling you, they have a lot of school. So, I mean, go to their website, look at all the – I mean, they have the basketball shorts from the 1990 team, Arkansas team, 94 team, the 70s. They have jerseys, they have this shirt, they have duffel bags. So, man, be sure to go over there and give them a shout-out too. But, yeah, we're up against a break. After the break, we're going to break down some more of the basketball talk against Duke and give a rundown of the baseball and the softball series when we come back.
0: Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Com. Are you ready to tackle your to do list without getting your hands dirty? Then it's time to call Heinemann Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize
1: in A to Z home repair, in home transformations, plumbing, and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heineman Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479 347 9336. That's 479 347 9336. Or check them out online, HeinemanServices.com. That's H I N D M A N Services.com. Heinemann Services, Honeydews, have never been so easy.
0: McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas, has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more, they're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942- 5121. And we're back on another episode of
1: the Hog Talk Podcast. And Jacob, we didn't even even talk about the Duke game. We're so caught up in what was going on with, I mean, how could you not with just this amazing recruiting news that Eric Musselman got getting Anthony Black, but I guess we gotta, you know, we we do gotta talk about the last basketball game of the year and kind of how it broke down and and then we'll go over a little baseball and softball series, you know, that ended up in wins for both teams, and and we'll wrap it up there.
0: Yeah, so so I think uh, there was four Duke scores that ended up uh, uh, with double double figures in scoring. Uh, you had that Benchero, like I mentioned earlier, he really uh, helped them. And I told Caitlin, I was sitting there watching it, and I said, I've watched this guy all year hit threes. If you leave him open, do not. Do not leave him open. At least close out, and they left him up there on the top of the key. I think in the second half, and I said if he gets hot, Kalen, he's gonna, he's gonna uh, help Duke go to go to uh, go to the final four. And he did. He he hit that one from the top of the three, uh, top of the key, and you had Mark Williams who really hit the boards hard. I think I don't think the rebound margin was as big as what it was in the first half. I think Arkansas really closed the gap there. Uh, Rebounding, I think they only beat beat them on the boards by eight, seven or eight. It was like fourteen or fifteen at one point. So either Duke really let off the gas in the second half, or or whatnot. And then you had uh, uh, trying to think. I'm going off min, uh, memory here. I think Wendell Wendell Jr. He he came out in the second half and, and played well for Duke. And there was one other guy. Uh, I think it was the Jalen Roach kid. Uh, who who really hit some key shots for Duke during their win against uh, Texas Tech on on Thursday night? Uh, he had a couple of key free throws there in the second half. He wasn't really uh, an offensive factor like he was the, the game before against Texas Tech, but he he had his key moments. But yeah, Duke really played well. But Arkansas, man you you want to you want to look at a team and just say. I'm proud of them. I sat there about 10 or 15 minutes after the game and I watched Duke celebrate. It it almost broke my heart because, you know, it's like I mentioned the first segment, Porter, this Arkansas team came a long way from January and they beat, they went on the road and they beat LSU and they, and they did all these things. And they turned it around and I was heartbroken for these guys because they laid their, their hearts online and, and, you know, J.D. Notte, he put his, he put it out there and, and he put his heart and soul on the line against Duke. And that was really, I think, the first four minutes of that game before the first media timeout, Arkansas, that was the best four minutes Arkansas had opened up with in the tournament. And I really thought Arkansas, I, I was thinking, man, you know Duke's going to adjust, but this is probably the best case scenario for Arkansas to start. And I wish they would have stayed that hot quarter, but they didn't. But they shot 40% from the field. Arkansas did, uh, I think, 43% in the second half, uh, 32% from the three-point line, and they were 11 of 14 from, from – no, 11 of 11 from the free-throw line. They didn't miss a single one. So, Arkansas did what they were supposed to, but, you know, Duke was just over overpowering. They were just better. They were more talented. And they were the rightful winners of the ball game.
1: Yeah, and, and you look at the, you know, the three-point percentage, you know, I mean, six for 20 for the game. But then, on the other hand, look at their free throw percentage. They were 11-11. This Mm -hmm. is one of the stats that would be – if they would have won the game, you would have looked at that and been like, okay, that's what – you know, how they won the game. You know, they actually shot really good from the free throw line. But it was just the point that, man, you know, they got out for the lead and and Arkansas come back and it was back and forth. And then you've seen when Jalen went out, when they went on that run and especially that shot at the end, that three-pointer at the end, it was kind of like a first – half dagger and and of course right. you know you come back and and again bring it within and then you have that call where everything and it's almost like it was weird like watching it you could have put Baylor out on the court and it was almost like similar other than Arkansas bringing in within four or five last year against Baylor it was almost the same feel mm-hmm. it's like they were getting yeah. there but yet they just could not break it and Duke was just it's almost like you know, when you say Duke was the better team, when things, like, just go your way, the shots just fall, when Arkansas goes on a little run, thinks that they're going to pull it within, and Duke says not so fast and hits that shot, or or goes on a little run, gets a steal, gets a couple of turnovers, that's what tells you, you know, that is really, you can just kind of feel it. And I think the last nine or ten minutes, you can kind of feel like, all right, you know, this is, it was a great year. And you don't want to give up on your team, but it's just like you – being sports fans, you can kind of sense and feel when things are going to go a certain way, and just that. And they only committed Arkansas only committed eleven turnovers. I mean, I don't know what their yeah. low is for this season, but that's not that bad. You know, they caused fifteen turnovers for Duke, but they played a good game, but they just couldn't overtake. And it's weird that you know when when Arkansas played Gonzaga, I got you know I predicted Gonzaga to win. I said it was going to be seventy eight to sixty eight. Well. I got the score right, but the different team, (laughs) 78-69, you know. But it's just the fact that you see a team like Duke and just it's almost like LSU winning the football championship, Georgia winning the national championship in football. It's like you see these teams of destiny. And I'm not saying Duke's going to go on and win the national championship, but it's like it was destined for them to get to the final four. And that's just how the sports gods work sometimes and how – it all plays out, but you've got you've got to tip your hat to Duke and, and, and how they won the game, how they controlled the boards because now that just puts more of a hunger in, in Eric Musselman's eyes. And it, Hey, you know what? Maybe if Duke doesn't beat Arkansas, we don't get Anthony Black, like I said in the first part of this show, because maybe that was that decision be like, okay, I can help this team win a national championship, playing with guys that I've played with, and now we're going to go win a championship. So I'll take the Duke loss if it means that we win a national championship in two years.
0: Follow me. Uh, there was so a, a weird, a crazy thing, crazy stat that I, I found uh, yesterday afternoon or, or Saturday after the game. The Jalen Williams when he was on the floor, Arkansas was plus three, they, they were beating Duke with Jalen Williams on the floor, and obviously, Arkansas I mean, they they outscored Duke in the second half, but I mean, that. That twelve point swing there late in the first half is really what what helped Duke win that ball game. But yeah, if Jalen Williams wasn't in foul trouble, Roddy's Tony wasn't in foul trouble in that first half, and you didn't have to play small ball, that was—I tell you what—those last three minutes of that uh, first half felt like an eternity. I don't know about you, yes, but you could just feel it. You could just feel the momentum swinging when Jalen Williams and Roddy's Tony went out because you were playing small ball. You had uh, J.D. Note out there. Uh, Stanley Amude, Trey Wade, Chris Likes, and uh, was it Kamani Johnson? It was a weird five out there, a five that we weren't really used to seeing out on the floor at one time. But they everybody was so in such in foul trouble that they had to do that. And and I, I mean, you look back at it, and you can you can just. Pick apart the final three minutes. You could say, "Man, I wish Chris Likes wouldn't have taken that three with twelve seconds on the shot or on the on the clock. Why couldn't he waited four seconds? Maybe things would have changed." Look, you can pick and pick and uh, pick that game apart uh, like any, and just say, "What if? What if? And what if?" But man, I'm just telling you, I think Jalen Williams that that was the key to that ball game is having him and Tony on the floor, uh, obviously because I mean Arkansas wasn't a plus plus and minus. Uh, plus three with Jalen on the court. Yeah,
1: and it just like I said, we, we we got the good news today, and it almost kind of wiped away everything that, that was going yep. on with that. But, you know, now we can move on to the baseball series. Arkansas picks up another series win against Missouri. Got a little scare in game two. I mean, it's like the bullpen just kind of fell off and had the lead. Lost it there at the last part, but – You know, they had identical scores, different outcomes, 7-5 win for Arkansas in game one. Missouri won 7-5 in game two, and then Arkansas closes it out with a 6-4 win over Missouri at Missouri. And, again, I mean, you know, Missouri might not be a a good team, but, you know, you're still playing in the toughest conference in the country when it comes to the the baseball on the road. And, you know, with you being Arkansas, you're going to get everybody's best shot. So, anytime you can get a win – you can get that series win knowing what you got coming up. And I'm telling you what, I know that nobody will probably listen to this over in this state, and I'll deny it and say it was somebody, another guest host. But man, I'll tell you what, Tennessee's a machine. They are scary good this year. And I'll tell you what, I wish that they were playing this year in Arkansas because it would be you talking about a series to be looking forward to. If Tennessee come to Fayetteville this year, with just how, I mean, they were really good last year, but they're really, really good this year. I'm telling you what, that would be a series
0: to really go out and see. Oh, yeah. The attendance records will be broken for that series. I guarantee you they get 13 or 14,000 fans in Baumwalker Stadium for a Tennessee series this season because the hatred between the fan bases, because mm-hmm. I, you know, that Vitello and, and Dave and Horn, they they respect each other. But it's the fact that Arkansas fans and Tennessee fans are just at it mm-hmm. because of how things went down last year, quarter, And, and <laughs> I loved it. I loved what – uh who was that uh, Tennessee guy? Uh, he said, uh, Tennessee – Twenty twenty two Tennessee is what twenty twenty one Arkansas was. No, last they year. said they
1: were better. They
0: said they were better. Oh, was, was it better? I yes. thought it was. They were as good. Well, what the coward mis- did? Uh, misread it. What
1: the coward did is he's tweeting this during the Duke game. Like he knew he could. He was safe in saying it at the time because he was like, "Oh, ain't nobody paying attention to this." But I just happened to come across it and I said, oh, "I see what you're doing. You're, you're trying to catch Arkansas Twitter off guard by saying this." But yes, he was saying this team. Was better than last year's Arkansas team, and I basically just told him, I said, "So you really think this team for for Tennessee could beat Kevin Cops twice because he's mowing down people in the major leagues and spring training? So you don't you don't think yeah. this Tennessee team could sit there and have trouble hitting him? And uh, that's what I simply told him, and got crickets after that. But yeah, I think he was fully trying to take advantage of Arkansas yeah. Twitter sleeping because. If he'd have done that during the series or during a Razorback series, and people was paying attention to what was going on, I don't think that he would have survived.
0: No, not at all. Like, and if Arkansas, if Arkansas Twitter had been paying attention, Arkansas Twitter is a machine, Porter, and and those those folks would have gone. They would have been mad, mm-hmm. gone bonkers. But we'll Let's go talk a little uh, bit about that. What's that? Let's talk a little bit about Arkansas baseball, man. Their, their offense is finally coming along, though. I mean, the pitching, we knew the pitching was there uh, with, with the starting pitchers with Connor Nolan and Jackson Wiggins and uh, uh, Hagen Smith. But these guys are getting five to six innings out of our starting pitchers, and, and Lord, help us. Let, let us keep these guys healthy. Because this this pitching staff, this, this one rivals. Maybe the second, the, the year after they dropped the pot fly, the, the next season, the pitching was okay. It wasn't great. But, you know, nothing will ever come close to me like the Isaiah Campbell, uh, Blaine Knight, Blaine Knight yeah. year. Yeah. That was – and Casey Murphy. Those three starting pitchers were really good. I don't think this pitching staff is that quality yet, but they're close. They're – if they can – they – like I said last week in our pod, I, you know, they're – they they had to play Kentucky. They had to play Missouri. Then they get Little Rock. Mississippi State's kind of down this year in the UCA. They go to Florida on the road in Gainesville April 7th. That's next weekend. Am I right? I think, yeah, it's the first is this week. Yeah. So Arkansas, man, that's where you're gonna see the pitching staff. What are they what are what are they worth? Are they are they really this good? Are they really going to be that great? I think Florida is going to be their first test. Honestly, uh, I think Arkansas has got a good offense going. I think their offense is going to be able to save a bad pitching day now. Not that they could a month ago, but I think they're they're in a better place now at seventeen and three and four and four and or wait, hold on, twenty nineteen and three. Sorry, nineteen and four. Yeah eighteen to four five and one. They're <laughs> offense their offense. I cannot their read offense
1: they get they're spotty. I mean let us let's, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, you know, you get the game game one where you score seven runs, but they're just showing that like they said, they, they're not relying on the, I think that's they're still trying to work out the kinks on not relying yeah. on that home run ball. You you've got guys that are coming in and getting base hits. Michael Turner's been huge for Arkansas. You know, he's big for Arkansas in this series. But mm-hmm. you're going to have to get your bigs to step up. You're going to have to get, you know, Robert Moore to come in. I mean, he was one for four in the game against uh, – game one against uh, Missouri. Then he was one for, one for five, five in the loss. And then one he was oh, one for three in game three. So, I yeah. mean, you've got to get better production out of him. You've got You've got to get better – but they don't – and I guess that what we were talking about with with Blaine Knight and Isaiah Campbell, Kevin Copps, you had that dominant guy that you knew. You're talking about, you know, comfortability and being comfort knowing that when that guy goes out on the mound, he's going to get you the win. And Connor Nolan's doing, been doing really good, you know, not saying mm-hmm. that he's, he's not as sporadic or, or, or spotty as he was last year. He's, he's dominant. But you just don't – I don't have the confidence of knowing that when he goes in it's lights out. You don't have that Friday night guy that you know for sure until, you know, they they play somebody that you are comfortable knowing that they're a, a just as good as you team in the SEC that you can know that he's going to go out there and they're not going to creep back. And then of course the bullpen. Once you know he does have a good outing or they do have a good outing, Hagen Smith, and then your bullpen comes and just, you know, kind of fumbles it away. But the, you know, the team, again, like I said, another – what's this, their 12th in a row, 12th SEC series in a row, I believe. They're 17-3, yeah. and 4-0 oh in the SEC, of course, when you have two series. But – or not – let's see. They are – They haven't
0: lost an SEC series since 2019. No.
1: Yeah, they're 18-4 and four and 5-1. And so, through six games, they've only lost one game. So – yeah, they're good, but now we'll go to, before we switch over to the softball, you know, Cabo, of course, every week hooks us up with the key takeaways, yeah. and you can catch this segment every Friday on The Buzz, 103.7, and he was talking about just how this team has shown some resiliency and finds ways to win. It seems to be different guys. It's kind of like what we are talking about, different guys coming and stepping up through any moment, and that shows how balanced and talented the team is, starting pitching continues to gain that confidence more. Another thing we kind of touched on, you really want to know when you send that Friday night guy out there. Or if a team comes and you know Missouri slips up and beats you on that Saturday, knowing that, okay, we dropped Saturday, let's go get this series win on, on, on Sunday. And you really can't complain too much when you've won your 12th SEC series in a row. So you can't really, you know, you're talking about confidence. You know that it's going to get done. It's just how. And when that rarity you know, I know we we're not going to go forever and not win an SEC series, but it's like when that rarity does happen, it's going to be like, wait a minute, we're not, we're not used to this. But the biggest thing is, is Tigert has emerged as the closer, and for the second year in a row, Dave Van Horn has gone to a true freshman early on in conference play to be the closer, and Tigert seems to want to stay there. Two saves on the year, 1.93 ERA through 11 innings, 15 Ks, and only has walked two people. So that's your key takeaways from Kevin Bohannon, the guru. Again, like I said, you can catch him on 103.7, The Buzz, our network sister station in Little Rock. And do not forget, for those high school baseball and softball lovers, extra prep extra innings podcast with Kevin Bohannon, Kyle Sutherland, and Jaren Hawthorne. They bring you all the latest stuff, baseball rankings, softball rankings. There's super seven live rankings every week. It's really been good to see that the baseball and softball is getting the attention. So go check them out, like subscribe. And we also learned also that our buddy Kyle Sutherland has also started back the next season of gridiron icons. If you again, high school football coaches, he's he's got all the best coaches, best legends there ever was to coach high school football in the state of Arkansas. So that's another excellent podcast. If you have not subscribed do so, well, I guess we'll switch on over to the softball series. They it welcomed LSU to town, and much like the, the baseball series, they won game one 8 7 fashion, dropped game two 7 to 4. Both of those games were like down to the wire last minute, last inning wins. And then tonight, Arkansas wins the finale of the series, wins the series two games to one. Jenna Bloom gets her eighth win of the year. Shanice Delcy gets her second save of the year, and they are the big, huge Grand Slam by Lenny Malkin in game three of this. Game two, you thought you had it. You gave up a big three-run shot there at the final. In the last innings, I believe it was the bottom of the – or top of the it was top of the 6th when mm-hmm. they hit that three-run home run and they just kind of lost their you know lost, they couldn't come back but game 1 was a really exciting finish late finish so very proud of the women softball now they moved to 21 and 6 I believe 22 yeah, they and 6 are, 20 yeah, 22 was, and 6 their nope. win
0: tonight it makes it twenty three and six. Twenty three uh, and five two in conference play. Yeah. They got the series win against uh LSU tonight. That was that was huge. I mean they they looked really good. Their bats were their, their bats were hot, like you said. Uh the pitching's been excellent. So I mean softball, man, they're they're looking really good.
1: Um this is a good year they that got, they've really been able to yeah. Them having three pitchers have really helped them. Last year, the last couple of years, they've only had two. So if one was having a bad right. game, you're really kind of relying on one. You're so stuck. now they have three that they can kind of rely on. That's really good for them.
0: Yeah, they've also got uh, they've got Ole Miss on the road this Saturday. I don't really, I haven't really scouted Ole Miss much. I don't really know uh, how they're doing this season, but. I mean, anytime you go anywhere uh, on the road to play softball or any sport, it's going to be a tough, a tough one. I'm going to be looking for I think Arkansas can maybe sweep these girls. Uh, I mean, they're they're just on a roll right now. They're they're at a different level, and I mean, they're going to be at a different level for a while now. They're next year with bringing in the number one recruiting class in the country. These, I mean, Dothlas is stacking classes, stacking talent, bringing girls in from the transfer portal. I mean, she's she's got it working, and, and I think she's she's going to be – she's going to have to – she's going to end up deserving a, a statue outside of Bogle Park if she ever can get into the uh, uh, softball World Series.
1: That's right. I know they get to Oklahoma City and they got going on. You know, Danielle Gibson's – I think she's still leading the nation in hits. I mean, you, yep. Lenny Malkin, I mean, again, huge home run tonight, stick – Hannah Gamble coming through hard. Taylor Ellsworth. KB Sides, one of the fastest players in the country. I mean, this team's really done it well. And I was looking through the stats, and they've only lost back-to-back games one time. And, and I want to say that it was uh, the Missouri or Tennessee loss last year. But yeah. for, you know, that's – and they were supposed to be on the presser, but they, of course, recording live. But I was just wanting to ask, you know, the mentality of, when you lose, knowing that you've only lost back-to-back games, I mean, of course, other than the Arizona or the UCLA Super Regional, I mean, you've lost back-to-back games once, only other in the regular season in the past two years. And that's something to be proud of, knowing that you have that confidence. If you do drop a game, you're going to come back and, and possibly win the series. But that, that will do it for the softball talk. And we'll move on to, I mean, the women's tennis team continues to be on a tear. They continue to win another big road series against Alabama at Alabama after getting beat by Auburn they turn around and had to play uh, Alabama and I'll tell you what they have a trio of players Jacob that I mean Tatum Rice Indiana Spink and um man I just I'll tell you what they're just Morgan Cross is the third one I mean they are, tell you they are just killing it and from winning hardly any SEC series, being another one of those, it's it's almost like last year when we're talking about the women's basketball and the softball program and the soccer program. You know, when we first started doing this, seeing that the women's tennis team, they're the, it's like the next one up. It's like the one that we're getting to watch build this foundation and start to win some series. And it's re- been really cool to see. It's one of those you know programs that we're just now starting to cover and get interested in and. It's been an, an exciting year for them and I can't wait to see what else they got going ahead for them. They got Tennessee coming up in Fayetteville on yeah. April 1st.
0: Yeah man they, It's like I mentioned earlier, man, Arkansas is just gonna be good at everything they're they're in everything school. I love it.
1: Yeah, and we can truly say that. Well man, I tell you what again. You talking about we need to do these live shows and we need to do more often because i tell you what, this is the fastest hour and a five minutes and we're going to wrap up this live show again. We, we apologize we didn't get it out there sooner that we were going to record and go live. But, Jacob, what were your last thoughts on the week, the basketball season before we close it out?
0: Yeah, you can't say anything more than what we already said. I mean, harped on them. I mean, I mean – singing their praises there. There was no reason not to be proud of this team. Yeah. You want you always want to do more. You want to, you want to win more, just get that one more game and one more win. Look, man, it's a successful season off of where they were at. And then you go out and you, you, you lay an Anthony black and, and that makes everything better. And you can look forward to next year and it's transfer portal season now for college basketball. So, Uh, keep your your eyes peeled for some transfer news probably in the next two or three weeks, maybe over the next month and a half, because things are going to happen and they're going to happen fast.
1: Well, that will do it for this live edition of the Hog Talk podcast. We'll let you know when we drop recent ones. Again, this podcast will be dropped in the morning for those who weren't able to watch all of us live, pass it on to your friends. Be sure to like, rate, and review. And once again, We are brought to you by Bet Online, but we also, before we want to head out, we want to mention our other sponsors, Workman's Travel Center for the Workman's Travel Center hotline, A-plus insurance in Ozark, Arkansas, Grind It Right, Stump Grinding in Elkins, Arkansas. Get a hold of Danny right there in Elkins. He'll get you set up with that. But, again, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk podcast. Woo pig. Go Hogs.